Welcome to The Jewelry District, a podcast by JCK Magazine and JCK Online. Today, JCK's Rob Bates and Victoria Gamelski will be discussing last week's JCK virtual show. It's Victoria Gamelski, Editor-in-Chief of JCK and JCK Online, and welcome to the Jewelry District. I'm here with... Rob Bates, News Director of JCK and JCK Online. So, we just sat through all of JCK Virtual this week, mm-hmm. and um, wow, I mean, it's definitely my first experience attending a week-long virtual show. How are you feeling? Are you as tired as I am? <laughs> well, I'm not as tired as regular Vegas, I will say that, okay? But I'm definitely tired. You know, it definitely, you had that kind of frantic show feeling that you have to do this, you have to do that. So, um, in that way, it kind of reminded me of Vegas. Yeah, I mean, I must say, because I'm here in Los Angeles, and most of the schedule, even though things started fairly late in the mid-morning, it was all East Coast time. So the keynote's all at 10 a.m. East Coast time, and I'm not a morning person, but I did try to make every single keynote and most sessions. And one thing I must say is they all started exactly on the minute, on the dot, which, as we all know from regular Vegas, you know, you wander into a keynote, and there's some breakfast, and there's somebody warming up the audience, and you kind of have like 20, 30 minutes to get yourself settled, have your croissant. Yeah, I really like the idea that you could watch this keynotes at any time. I mean, I think that's really convenient. I could see that kind of being part of Vegas going forward. Because so many times you're like, oh, I want to go to this one, but I can't. I want to go to this one and I can't. And to be able to do it and to watch them again was just extremely helpful, I thought. Yeah. You know, and as always, there was a really good collection of both familiar names and unfamiliar names in terms of the presenters. So people that we all know and love, and of course, there were plenty of appearances by our own staff, our own editorial team, Ben Smithy and the RJC folks and Jewelers Mutual. And you see all these people and faces that you know that you would normally be having a drink with somewhere in Vegas. And that was great. But there were also these presentations by, you know, experts in other categories and retail strategists that I found very helpful that introduced a sort of a different point of view and All that, you know, there were a lot of parallels to that show environment. You mentioned this kind of feeling of energy and kind of rushing to this next event and trying to make this particular talk. And I enjoyed that about it because it felt like it did really take over my week in a good way. It gave it a lot of structure. But I am tired. I mean, I definitely definitely miss. And I mean, I don't think this is any surprise to anybody, the face-to-face interactions, the kind of random interactions that you have. And that's why I think we'll probably still continue to have shows going forward. But, you know, I talked to a lot of people. I saw a lot of people. And so that way it was good. Yeah. I mean, the chat feature was interesting. You could scroll through all the attendees. You could kind of look around the room in that way and see who's there. And so that was good. You know, it was nice to see like Frank Proctor and of course, Jen Cullen Williams and these people that I've known for years and years. And that was really nice. I mean, in this crazy year, you know, we, there's no way to replicate the experience of an in-person Vegas. And I do think that this came as close as we can hope for. And I imagine as the model matures and evolves and gets more refined, we'll have even more lifelike virtual experiences. So I think this was a wonderful kickoff to giving this industry a taste of what it feels like to attend a show without traveling. Yeah. And just to, I mean, there's so many events you think, oh, I wish I was there. I wish I could see this. And to be able to see it was great. You know, there were refrains. There were people who echoed each other across these different sessions. And I think that's always an interesting thing to focus on because obviously there's a collective kind of zeitgeist about what's happening right now. 
I did a lot of these trend talks. So I want to say maybe almost a dozen that were all recorded prior to JCK virtual, but aired and then the chat function was live. And they were with various experts across all these categories from gemstones to bridal to fashion jewelry, luxury jewelry. There were a lot of people who said much the same thing or had overlapping commentary on trends. You know, far and away, jewelry is definitely selling. And Rob, in your really interesting discussion with Yancey regarding the industry report and what JCK learned when they polled retailers about the impact of COVID on the business, this came up as well. But people are selling and what they're selling is often these meaningful gifts. And I think John Carter from Jack Lewis Jewelers in Bloomington, who followed up your conversation with Yancey, he talked about it as this merit badge for COVID to commemorate this period. And I thought that was a really interesting approach because on some level at first, I thought I wouldn't want to commemorate this period. It's a really hard time for people. But when we come through it, and as we are coming through it, there is value to noting it. And certainly it's a big part of our lives and will be a part of our collective history from now until forever. So to have a piece of jewelry, I think, is a great way to note it. So that was certainly a common denominator. The idea of omni-channel and what retailers need to do to meet this moment, mobile payments, contactless forms of delivery, all kinds of ways to ensure your online presence is navigable and understandable and seamless. All that stuff, again, it won't be new to the jewelers that are savvy and are already there, but I suspect there are still a lot of jewelers out there who are scratching their heads at how to do this, how to do this for their own stores. So I sat through a session called Ways Retail Will Change Regardless of COVID by Chris Walton. He's a retail strategist based in Minneapolis. He spent many years working for Target, managing their stores in various parts of the country and experimenting with their future retail concepts at the Mall of America. He's a Harvard MBA. And it was a pretty interesting session. He talked about, you know, how the future of the store will materialize or what that means. He talked about incremental innovation, but he also talked about concept work. And he, you know, you you hear about these retail concept stores, and I don't really know what that means. And he talked about it like you sort of try these concepts live, often in smaller markets. So Amazon has this Amazon Go store that I've never experienced, but, you know, they try it in different markets in a small scale, and then they either fail spectacularly or they kind of succeed or take these lessons and apply them to more incremental innovation. And he said experimentation is going to be incredibly important to any retailer who wants to create the store of the future. So you have to place your bets. And I thought, God, how do jewelers innovate in this way? And one of his next points was about social commerce and really linking this idea of knowing who your consumers are based on your social engagement with them, and then bringing that end to end by implementing something like Instagram shopping. That could certainly be the future. But again, I think all things being equal and certainly not having, you know, crazy viruses, people do want to buy things in a store and people certainly do want to buy jewelry in a store. It doesn't mean they're going to buy everything in a store. Yeah, some of these habits are going to be longer term, but I think a lot of people are dying to get out, you know, and if I had a free pass, I certainly would do all sorts of stuff. You know, he talked about the BOPIS model, you know, buy online, pick up in store. And he said that S doesn't actually have to mean store. You know, like Hy-Vee has lockers where you can pick up stuff or there's a return locker where you can drop stuff off. And I thought, well, how could jewelers use that concept of somebody who buys something online but wants to pick it up at a physical place? Could they turn that into some cool experience? The thing that's hard is that jewelry is such a high value item and has such security issues that it's 
tougher to, you know, even curbside pickup, which is pretty common, you know, has certain security issues for jewelry. So those models will be, I think, a little tougher for jewelers. And jewelers probably will like that because I think most of them would rather sell in person than online. Yeah, no, agreed, agreed. I mean, I think it's really important to adapt to different people's desires because, you know, a lot of people have different comfort levels with going in and coming out and safety is going to be a thing. But, you know, it's really important that people kind of meet this moment and figure out how to work around what people's particular requirements are. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. People very much have a wide range of feelings and comfort levels with this moment. So, yeah, if you want to accommodate people who are less comfortable with that, then, well, not if you want to, you really should be accommodating people. But I've actually been impressed as far as jewelers, how many jewelers are coming up with cool ideas. I mean, I think people are, you you think you can imagine all the permutations and then somebody comes up with something new of like how to sell jewelry over Zoom and with these new tools. And I think that is really impressive to me. And that shows the general, I think, entrepreneurial spirit of this industry. As much as sometimes they're reluctant to try something new, I think a lot of times when they are forced to, they will embrace it and jump into it with both feet. Yeah, you said something right along these lines when you were talking with Yancey about the industry trend results. And you said, I think the mood is determined in a way. There's been a gut check for people. And if they want to stick this out, they will. And I think you're right. that Those that are committed to their business and have many years to go before they're even ready to consider retiring, I think are you know embracing it, just realizing these changes were coming anyway. So the fact that we've had to scurry and implement them in a much shorter time frame than any of us are comfortable with has just forced us into this great, brave new world. The one thing about this virtual event is I felt like it was really pretty optimistic. There was this sense of like, we are figuring this out. We are doing things differently. We're not this anachronistic trade that we sometimes describe ourselves as. We're not as conservative and fuddy-duddy as we used to be, certainly. And all these examples are proof of that. So, yeah, there was a real feeling of energy and enthusiasm that I could sense, and that was great to feel. If you're a fan of podcasts, you know that listener reviews is what helps make them possible. Help spread the word. Please rate, review, and subscribe to The Jeweler District on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. And now, back to the show. Another thing that also I appreciated was the fact that some of the discussions that had started pre-COVID about sustainability, you know, the kind of discussions on larger topics were still happening and were still taking place. So it wasn't all like COVID and business and omnichannel. I mean, people were also looking at the bigger picture. I mean, I think, and this is a little bit of a spoiler, but we have our September issue coming out. It should be very early September. And the major big cover line is Retail Reset you know, COVID has triggered this or has forced us into a reset, but we're looking at all these other issues because if you're going to reset, why not now when everything feels like it's due for a reinvention? Why not reinvent the way you've thought about employment, hiring more diverse staff? Why not think about the designers you stock and how you might appeal to different kinds of shoppers? Why not think about the sourcing and the vendors you patronize and ask them the questions you've always wondered and thought about, but never you know, never wanted to feel confrontational or aggressive. And you can certainly ask those questions without being confrontational or aggressive, but you know, why not now? So I do think you're right. COVID is the blanket title or label for this era. And I do feel like there will be forever in our minds a pre-COVID and a post-COVID, but the post-COVID encompasses so many other things that are so important and so meaningful and so necessary 
you know, we all talk about silver linings or hoping to find them. And I think that there are a lot of good things that will come out of it. I think when you see people rise to the occasion, you know, you're optimistic that we will persevere and transcend and, and learn, most importantly, learn. I, I feel in, you know, in the last 20 years, we've had three huge crises, right? We've had 9-11 and the financial crisis. And thankfully, we've been able to bounce back. This is This one is really, really bad. Certainly, as far as you know, lost time. I mean, this is this is huge. But when you've been through a bunch of crises, you kind of think, okay, we will get out of this. No, totally. You know, I think about what will change just in the second half of this year and how much better or worse things get. And there was a session from a synchrony analyst, you know, a banker named Greg Davis. He's their payment solutions chief credit officer. He was in a chat with Amanda Gizzi from Jewelers of America, which sponsored the session. And he addressed a lot of these issues. And I've been, you know, not spending. So I feel more cash rich as well in the way that I got the stimulus. And he talked about how this is just the weirdest recession because unemployment is typically the most predictive variable for what we see in the economy. But with consumers sitting on these stimulus and having more cash on hand to pay bills, you know, we're in a much better shape than we were during the Great Recession. Banks are certainly in much better shape. So I do have to wonder what this means for our holiday, because we've had a pretty good summer in terms of jewelry, or certainly better than we all feared. You know, I think there's a lot of anxiety now that this extra $600 isn't here and the CARES Act is gone. So there's obviously, I mean, there's tons of layoffs. And, you know, the layoffs are going to bite a little bit more because, you know, you get laid off and you don't have that $600. I mean, that's a huge cushion for people. So yeah, eventually it might kind of work its way upwards. But, you know, even though we have this background of anxiety, when we're recording this, you know, the stock market's doing great. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously you don't want to live in a society that's so bifurcated. But, you know, I guess I'm happy to see some people are doing well. <laughs> you know, one other thing I want to say is that during the virtual event, I sat through some of the sessions that dealt with technology and innovation and Augmented reality came up a few times, and it was kind of serendipitous that during the luxury invite-only day, in between attending some of the luxury sessions, I ended up having this conversation with this guy named Max Moses, which doesn't sound like a Ukrainian name, but he's a Ukrainian tech guy. He was calling me from Odessa, of all places, but his company is called Atelar, A-T-E-L-A-R. They have an office in Kiev and in Odessa. And he had seen something I'd written or mentioned about augmented reality, and he followed up with me. And he asked if he could talk to me to do a demo of AR. And it turns out he's worked with some jewelers, helping them create filters for their Instagram feeds that basically project images of jewelry onto, you know, your selfie. So you're looking at your selfie in your camera, and you can see yourself wearing this image. So he gave me a demo, and I'd done a couple of things along these lines in the past. I kind of knew it, but what was fascinating about his particular technology is they've engineered it so it makes you more beautiful. They can tell when you're turning your head or your nose. They have this way of slimming down your nose and glowing your skin. I didn't have any makeup on. I was like, hey. And then, you know, you move your head and the earrings, there were these earrings that had a cap and then they were scarab leaves and the leaves had this movement independent of the cap. So in the way in real life, you know, you shake your head and bits of the earrings will move. So that was very cool, actually. And then even cooler was he said, well, try turning it around so it's not a selfie. And nobody was home at the time. My boyfriend, Jim, wasn't home. But I turned the camera on a family photo of Jim and our son, Nico, and the earrings appeared on both of them. And it was just trippy. And basically what he was leading to was this future that he says is coming in the next 10 years. 
And it was about how we will no longer have smartphones, we will have lenses. And we have lenses that basically do everything that our smartphones now do, but with the added benefit of having this AR capability. So you can look and sort of see furniture pop up in your living room that isn't there, so you can test it out. It was really nutty and it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool to project these earrings on myself and on my family members. So I do think that technology, even though it's a little hokey still and that we haven't quite seen it refined to the point where it feels that compelling, it's more of a curiosity. I do think there's no doubt in a few years time, we will have a much more refined, sophisticated experience of that. And that will help bridge this digital physical divide. That's weird. Yeah, he blew my mind, I must say. I want him to make me look like I have hair. Well, you know what? It's totally doable. Yeah, check it out. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's hard to think of ways that the future will change dramatically and feel comfortable. I mean, these are profoundly uncomfortable ideas. And we need time to get there. But honestly, we've changed so much just in the past five months that we're probably all pretty good at it. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, this idea that People are starting to joke about like, oh, what's your Zoom background and stuff like that. But I think that stuff is actually going to be important and people are going to start putting a lot more thought into how you come across on these channels and, you know, what your background is, how you dress. I think that's going to be kind of a big part of this. And obviously people want nice jewelry for that aspect, at least. Yeah, I mean, that came up a lot. You start to think a lot more about how you present on screen in these environments, a Zoom happy hour, a Zoom presentation of any sort. And I think at first people were like, oh, I don't care. And But I think it's, you know, now that this has become a regular thing, it is becoming a little bit more important. I mean, let me tell you, when I was doing all these videos, the worst part of it was just the camera readiness, like getting my face ready and getting my like angle ready. I mean, I love talking to people. It wasn't that at all, but it was like, I have to put on makeup again. It kind of adds that layer of self-consciousness. Yeah, it does. This is actually another thing that kind of came up a lot, which is people think that jewelry is well-positioned because, you know, people aren't spending money on travel, especially the very wealthy. So assuming they still want to spend money, they will spend it on jewelry. And, you know, also the idea that we touched upon is that people are going to be in a sentimental mood. You know, you spent eight months locked down with somebody. It's a pretty serious, profound thing. And you're going to want to find ways to express that with jewelry. And, you know, you have to promote people aren't sitting at home thinking about jewelry. And that's something that I think our industry has not done as well as it should, is that it has not marketed itself as well as it should, and it needs to. Yeah. One of the other things actually that came up was this perhaps delayed recognition of the importance of local retailers, local jewelers. And I do think that that's a really wonderful consequence of us realizing our restaurants and bars are in peril and looking around at the rest of our main streets and thinking, well, God, nobody wants their main street to suddenly be populated by faceless brands. Yeah. And local businesses have, you know, a lot of them have disappeared and I think we're starting to realize the cost of that. It's one thing to watch it kind of happen gradually and you don't necessarily realize it's happening, but to worry about it happening all in one shot is very scary for people. There is a huge benefit to having a local person who supports the local school and the soccer teams. And I mean, that's all extremely important. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, a lot of big ideas, a lot of things to think about. Yeah, so um, that was our first virtual show. Congratulations. I want to say a big shout out to Sarah Bachman, the head of JCK Las Vegas, sort of head honcho, and Kate Youngstrom, who helped spearhead all of the educational sessions and the rest of the team. 
wow. I mean, it's a really huge undertaking in a very short period of time. It was great seeing those of you who attended in the chat. And again, big kudos to the team at JCK Events and Reed. And forward to seeing you all in person. Yeah, I miss a lot of faces. So um, soon, hopefully, we'll see. Thank you for listening to The Jewelry District. I'm Katie Clifford, co-producer alongside Kathy Passero. Our editor is Olivia Briley. If you like what you've heard, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast wherever you may listen. We hope you join us next time for The Jewelry District by JCK.